What is up, guys? I'm Andres. This is RB3. I'm Sabrina. And joining us today, it is Mr. Ellis Sutton. What is up, man? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Good, man. I'm so glad to have you right here on the Main Enough podcast. We're going to be talking about film school, the impact of film school, and USC film school specifically because of you and RB3, who are both film school grads. Uh, that's kind of a big deal already, but we're going to get into all that on this episode of the Meeting of Podcast. This was something that RB3 wanted to bring up. So let me toss it to you first, man. Why, why did you want to talk about this? Besides the whole, I just graduated from USC aspect of it. I, I love my time at film school. I thought it was, I thought it was a great time. Um, obviously I met some incredible people like my boy Ellis here. And, um, you know, my man Ellis has obviously been seeing like a lot of success. I see a lot of my other classmates having a lot of success coming out of uh, college and coming out of USC. And, um, and yeah, I just want, I kind of want to celebrate. I kind of want to talk about it. I know this is a subject matter that a lot of our audience has been kind of clamoring for us to talk about too. Um, and I think it's interesting when we have somebody like me and Ellis who went to like USC and then um, kind of talk about our experiences, because I think for, at least for me, like when I was trying to apply to college, I really didn't have a place to look for like a perspective on film school like you know at least on the online space or the, or the or the video space so i think it would just be an interesting conversation for young people who are in high school who are in you know uh, junior college or something who want to think about the opportunities of um going to film school we can kind of have that dialogue about it what kind of uh i'm gonna toss it to you ellis what kind of filmmakers did you take up did you take from growing up and that really inspired you to go to film school Man, um, honestly, not really any filmmakers. Okay. Um, I I didn't really grow up um, with a huge um, background in filming. I like to watch movies and stuff. I knew some of my favorite movies growing up, mm. um, but I never really knew about who the director of the movies were until until I got to high school. And then it wasn't until I got to high school I took this film class where. Uh, we got to got to analyze films, kind of like how we do in some of our cinema media studies courses at USC. And ultimately, why I decided to go to film school was just because I realized in my life, I love films, I love filmmaking, and I don't think that there's any better thing that I could have possibly done where I could have combined a creative as well as um, the business and logistical side behind filmmaking. I just felt like it was the best of both worlds in terms of what, I, what I'm interested in. Were, you, uh, were your parents pretty supportive of the fact that you wanted to go to film school? Uh, they were. Um, I think, I think um, the, the person who really wasn't for was me. I was the one critical of myself, man, because um, I actually didn't come to USC for film. I transferred into the film school. So I wasn't, I wasn't even going to do it unless I felt like there was a viable option for me to pursue a real career in filmmaking. Because if I didn't, you know, it, it, it was important for me to be able to pay the bills. And because <laughs> that's, it's hard. It's hard in the filmmaking career. And, and it was also important for me to, um, sort of leave a lasting legacy um, for myself, but also for my family. And I cared a lot about that. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to let my family down by, you know, falling short in, in whatever career I was going to pursue. So I knew when I made that decision to apply to film school, I was going to do all that I can to, to make it in the industry. What was your original uh, major? I was a history major. 
I was a nice. history major. So the plan was to go to law school and oh. I was gonna I was gonna start a nonprofit at some point. And so now the game plan is um, become a become a film and TV producer and then start a nonprofit. Then um, I uh, the nonprofit was basically get geared towards helping um, low income students um, have better resources for college. And one day I hope it can become a scholarship foundation. But um, but that was something that I was really passionate about. Like I care a lot about inequities in education. And surprisingly enough, I also care a lot about, I, I like film. That's So that's kind of like my means to an end. Um, yeah. And so I care a lot about those things. So that's how I ended up getting getting here. <laughs> that's, that's really cool, man. And it's one of those things where it's like you realize like you can combine both uh, the power of film and then the power of social impact is something that we talk about all the time. But I'll toss the question to you as well, RB3. Did you always want to go to film school? Um, well, I know I always wanted to go to USC. Okay. Um, you know, being from Compton, uh, you know, USC is just kind of like that, that like beaming pinnacle that like that, like one spot in the hood that like is untouchable and then everything else is just whatever. Um, but I, I really uh, yeah, I wanted to go to USC my entire life, even went back in and people I've told, you know, I've told this story a bunch of times. But, yeah, I was originally supposed to be going into engineering um, and then um, ultimately and my family and parents wanted me to go into engineering, but I just kind of broke the mold and ended up studying film. I say that because even when I was going for the engineering path, I still wanted to go to USC because they have one of the best engineering programs. And fortunately, I just got lucky that USC just so happens to have one of the best film programs in the world too. So it was just like, it was just perfect. It, it worked out for me just wanting to go there. Um, I also knew, you know, uh, an inspiration of mine was John Singleton growing up. Uh, um, you know, John Singleton uh, came, came, came from USC. And I remember it was in 2014, like right before I was applying to colleges. Again, by that point, I knew I wanted to go to USC, but I read an article in The Hollywood Reporter about John Singleton and kind of his story about how he was just, you know, some, uh, a kid from South Central LA who just loved movies. He loved writing. He loved screenwriting. Um, he applied to USC, was the only black, black kid in his class. And he was working as a security guard for like Lawrence, Fish, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. And then, um, gave him the script for Boys in the Hood that he wrote like at 21, 22, 23. So by the time he was 23, they were on set filming it. By the time he was 24, it was released and he ended up becoming the youngest. He became both the first black filmmaker ever nominated for best director at the Oscars and the youngest. So, um, so it, it, it's just like a really inspiring story that I always kind of took from, especially from John Singleton, who I love Boys in the Hood. Baby Boy is one of my favorite movies of all time, Poetic Justice. Um, so uh, he has like a lot of a lot of great films. And that's kind of always been one of my inspirations, like in terms of in terms of going to film school and everything like that. So, yeah, that's crazy, man. And obviously, John Singleton is legendary already. Yeah, uh, I want to toss it to you, Sabrina, just because I, I always forget. I know you didn't go to film school. No. <laughs> um, where did you go? Uh, remind me, I used to know this. Fitum downtown. Okay. The fashion Fidham. school. Yeah, okay. but I didn't study fashion. Um, but I actually, when I was in high school, that was kind of one of my things was, do I go to film school? Do I pursue this? So I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys and hear your perspectives coming out of it because it was always one of those things. And I love hearing both of you say that you originally went for different reasons or originally kind of had a different like RB3 with his engineering and with your history and wanting to go to law school. 
um, it's kind of cool because I think pursuing any kind of creative outlet. So obviously we talk about film on this podcast, but there's always kind of that, like you're unsure about where this path will lead you. And so that was kind of the thing that I really dealt with in high school. And I didn't feel confident enough to pursue that. So not that I regret it, but I wish I kind of just had more of a drive and more of a push at that time to go for something like that. So it's really cool to hear both of your guys' experiences and kind of like all that you guys got out of it because both of you are doing incredible things. Yeah. Taking that leap of faith. Taking that leap of faith too is super, is super crucial to, to the journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think for a lot of high school kids, maybe I'm throwing myself into a group, uh, where they have my experience where you're not allowed to do anything that's artsy. <laughs> um, that's not going to pay the bills because that's kind of the my ideology of like my my parents who are literally not born in this country. I'm first generation. And their goal was to like come to America so that I can become a doctor, a, a lawyer, a, a very wealthy person that doesn't need to struggle like they did growing up in Mexico and Colombia. Um, so they never gave me that option. <laughs> mm. I never had it. So I had to discover film courses when I went to Arizona State. Shout out to ASU. Um, and, and film media classes that I took. And it kind of, that's kind of what got me into saying, hey, maybe I can move to LA and pursue this as a career versus actually majoring in it um, the way you guys did. But that's, it's again, it's, it's different ways that people get into it. Uh, but let me, uh, before we get into your, your film, man, who are your current, do you have any current filmmakers that you kind of take inspiration from? I Alice? do, I do, I do. I, do. Um, I really love, um, I love Ryan Coogler. Mm. He's, he's, he's the goat in my opinion. Yes. Um, I really love Spike Lee. Um, I really love Jordan Peele. Oh, there you go. There you hey. go. <laughs> Mars. Yeah. Uh, I really love Jordan Peele and I also really love, um, this is a weird one, Spike Jones. I love oh, Spike yeah. Jones. Oh, yeah. And um, and I really love the Florida Project. Um, uh, Sean uh, Baker. Yep, by Sean Baker, by Sean Baker. Um, Spike Jones was, Where the Wild Things Are was one of those films that, that was the first time I think I really discovered independent filmmaking where Wildfinger had that weird like indie Mm. vibe to it and I didn't know what it was I knew it was based off the kids book I saw it at the time because I knew of the kids book but I saw and I was just like this is different than anything I've really seen before and I really think it set a tone in terms of films that I indie films that I like and also I think it set a tone in general for like what you kind of do in the independent cinema space Um, I really love Where the Wild Things Are that's one of my that's one of my big time all-time films yeah and it kind of it's funny you bring up the florida project and you bring up where the wild things are because the short film that i saw and i'm going to butcher the name again it's crystal and ray right yeah 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 crystal and ray also stars a child uh actor and before coming on uh camera we were talking about how was that like and, and i guess i'll do it now that we're recording and that we're officially in this episode but how was that like man Oh man, uh, little Ryan was uh, was a blessing in disguise. Um, part of one thing about directing in general is it's hard to direct when you don't have access to, to really great talent. And um, and I feel like the biggest thing a director can do for him or herself or their self is um, cast. 
And so if you do really a do really good job in casting, it takes a whole load off of the amount of directing you have to do. And, and we, we got lucky that Ryan fell into our laps when she submitted her audition tape. I, I remember I got very emotional watching her uh, tape and I just felt like, okay, well, she's got the part. So who else, who, who going to be the mom? Who going to be the mom? Uh, and we heard, and we saw other people, they were really good too. They were really talented, but she just gave some form of emotion to it that, that you couldn't ignore. And so it really wasn't that hard uh, directing her because she just kind of brought it. I mean, like RB was on set that day. I really didn't give her too many notes. There was a couple of times where she spoke a little fast. I had to tell her to slow down a bit. Sometimes she got a little jittery. You know, sometimes she'd be like moving her toys up into the frame and we had to yeah. tell her, hey, Ryan, keep, <laughs> keep, your, keep your arm down. Um, but she was a good kid, man. She was a good kid. She, she was um, really talented and she got some awards for performance in the film too man it really was great working with that's her. incredible yeah that's super cool uh, yeah. uh sabrina i know you got to see this one as well uh any thoughts that you have on it that you want to share with ellis yeah. well i think for being four minutes long it is so incredibly moving in a very subtle way because it's very accessible to its audience and every the story you're trying to tell and all the themes you're hitting in such a short period of time what was it like kind of coming up with this idea and developing it and deciding how you're going to tell this particular story. Yeah. 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 So I actually took a lot of inspiration from the Florida project when coming up with this particular story, as some of y'all can tell, I, I wrote it with the intention of shooting it in one of my film classes. Um, but um, those people didn't vote my film in to shoot. <laughs> so we had to do. We had to do that. I know what you're talking about yeah, for, uh, for, the, for for two ninety. For two ninety. Yeah. The way the class is structured, basically, at the end of the year, at the end of the semester, um, everyone writes a script, and then the whole class votes on it, and so three scripts get selected to shoot in a in a um, motel. motel. Mm -hmm. And so um, you have to write a script that you can basically shoot in one location. And so I kind of wrote the script with the intention of like, okay, this is kind of going to be a banger, low key. Um, I wrote it in like, I wrote the first draft maybe in like 30 minutes and I was drawing upon a lot of themes, um, from the, from that movie, but, but also just like personally, was a, that's, that's my mom and I, honestly, like, yeah. um, Sorry. my family, we didn't really come from a lot of money. And so, and so even though, even though like that was a thing of ours, it didn't, life didn't have to feel that way. Like sometimes there, there could be good moments and. And one thing in particular, there's a chord in there, like the more the emotional part is about the dad. And um, and that in the Florida project, they don't mention anything about any form of father figure at all. And so I just I just felt like this is an opportunity for me to, to, to talk about some things that maybe young young mothers, young women might go through in some of these particular um, tough situations and trying to be a mom. And in some ways, in some ways, an adult figure, but also you're young. And how do you how do you handle being a parent? And so um, so that kind of Grinch thing was a was a little bit of a, a analogy in terms of just trying to relate to relate to a kid and okay. trying to get on their level. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I do got to say, man, I feel extremely terrible that your this beautiful movie didn't get picked for 290. And then my <laughs> stupid sex comedy got. <laughs> <Pig. All laughs> that's right you that in a motel right yeah 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 and it's terrible and i hate it and i hate the fact yeah. that it has like 
a, a stupid amount of views, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I actually do got to say, like, working on um, the set for this one, it was, like, such an intimate, like, such, like, a quiet, like, kind of set. Like, it, it was really just me, you, Gabe, and then, what, like, maybe Julia, one of... Julia. Julia, my, yeah. My buddy, but we only had, like, five or six crew people there, right? Yeah. Do yeah. you think... Do you think that's what helped, like, make the film feel so intimate, like, in the final product? You know what I mean? Like, shoot, maybe. Um, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think so. I think we we, because we had an opportunity to just sort of be still and be quiet. And I remember when I approached Gabriel about the idea, I had very limited script coverage. I edit all of my films, so I have a pretty strong idea of how I want the cut to look. So um i was actually so gabriel and i we didn't have to do too much quote-unquote exploring around and so we had a very limited we had a very limited shot list and that kind of allowed us to sort of be there within moments and i think that and i think that the space sort of um allowed allowed for that opportunity i really do feel like the it was it was a very intimate environment because there wasn't a lot of people there and i felt like the cast members especially ryan uh, felt very comfortable to be in that space. Yeah, it's so interesting, right? Because when you go to film school, there seems to be this kind of well-known thing of like, hey, every friend you make in film school is going to end up helping me make my films. Uh, right. How's that like when you're starting to make friends with people who can be a gaffer or a PA or uh, a sound editor or anything like that? How's that like? Well, Well, I will say the one thing about I've learned in film school, and this is what they don't really tell you, is there's, I've learned that there's actually tears to the friendship that you make in film school. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and yeah. so if you're, if you're, if you're networking um, horizontally, like with friend groups, right, your opportunities are really going to be as high as the opportunities that your friends and your peers are getting. And mm. so if you're, I mean, this, this is just fact, if you're in a friend group in film school, and you struggling to find work and they're struggling to find work and you're not doing anything and they're not doing anything and you didn't really make friends with the people who are doing a whole bunch of stuff and mm. you're not collaborating with them it's going to be a lot harder for you to find opportunities and yeah. you know and 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 that sound and that automatically sounds like oh man you got to find the kid who's doing the thing right um and you don't kind of want that mentality either but i i will say that it very early on, I was fortunate that I got the opportunity to to work with a guy like Gabriel. I'm not going to lie to you. The, I only reached out to him because I heard he had a really nice camera. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe does have a really nice camera. He Gabe does, has a really nice camera. What happens? I found out that he owned his black magic camera, and I was like, ooh, he's going to make my films look good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> but, then, but then Gabriel and I talked, and you know, I found out just how, how much of a down-to-earth guy he is and, and how great of a cinematographer he is and how great of a friend he is and how great of a collaborator he is. And Gabriel does a lot of amazing stuff. And I, I was just fortunate that he wanted to work on a couple of projects with me, man. I, yeah. I, I felt blessed, not the other way around, honestly. Yeah. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe's, Gabe's that – I just want to jump in and say Gabe's that guy, man. I hope Gabe's listening. We got to send Gabe this, uh, this, this episode. But – um. Yeah, he, he, he brought me on uh, to, to help with you. So that's how we ended up meeting was through Gabe, right. him, him being the DP and, you know, me and Gabe being friends um, through our fraternity. Um, so like you said, it's like 
you know, you don't go into film school being like, oh, I got to make friends with like the most popular people or the most like working people. You just go in to like make friends. And then the more friends you make, the more opportunities you have to meet other friends. Um, so I, I appreciate meeting you, Ellis. I appreciate, you know, being, being, being tight with Gabe. I appreciate y'all helping me, y'all getting me to help out on, uh, on Funky, which, uh, which was the first time we met. Um, right. and that, I thought that was, uh, that was an amazing, uh, production and shoot and, and everything too, oh, right there. Man. That was, that was a lot bigger than, than, than Crystal and Ray, but it, I, I, I thought it, it was amazing. I thought the whole experience, the whole weekend that we shot was amazing. Which yeah. one was it? Funky. Dope. Um, Funky was a. It was a film about uh, this young man named Clinton who doesn't really have strong dancing skills when he dances to like rap music, and uh, when he changed the song to like a funky song, he can actually like, really dance. Um, and so that was a film that I had. I, I wrote it maybe like March 2018, mm. and then we ended up shooting in like February 2019. Um, yeah. I brought Gabriel on to the DP sometime in the summer when we both officially got in. I wrote that before I got into the film school. And then when I officially got in, I, I, I met up, I collaborated with Gabriel. I, I uh, hit him up. And so we kind of, I sent him the script and mm-hmm. we kind of just went from there. Uh, it was, I was really fortunate to, to work with RB and to really great, get really great opportunities to just be able to tell that story. And um, what got me into filmmaking too is the writing aspect. So I, I, I really love to write. And so I felt like, dang, if I just have some compelling stories to tell, you know, I could have I could wield that as a way of getting getting people to work with me. And so, like, because when you're a film student, bro, you don't got no money. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you have no money. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's just the name of the game. And so one way one way to get people to work with you is to get them to be a part of a project they're excited about. that They're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I want to make this happen. Yeah. Right. And and that's the hardest part, man. I, I've, I've just been fortunate that the ideas that I'm coming up with and and the stuff that I like to write is also ideas that get people excited to want to come and collaborate. That, I'm just fortunate. Yeah, I think that's the first thing I picked up when I started working at the production company that I came to when mm-hmm. I moved to L.A. So I moved to L.A. when I had a job secured uh, and when I had a production company out there. And the first thing I learned was when writing scripts and with working with these guys who every guy I worked with was a creative guy. Uh, and, and you know, in my brain, watching MCU, watching Marvel growing up with like yeah. X-Men and all these movies, I'm like, bro, yo, I got a movie idea. It's a special ops unit. We're going to yeah. storm this building. There's going to, and then you realize like, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's never yep. going to happen. Uh, and then the homies I made friends with and we would shoot short films uh, are the films that were like, we need an office setting. Uh, this is an office. Let's use this. Uh, and we would ask permission and stuff like that. But learning the production angle of being a producer is the first thing I learned. Um, but I want to go back to film school in general. Uh, Sabrina, what do you feel as far as wanting to go to film school and not, not taking advantage of that and not going there? Because I feel like with film school, and I'm going to toss it to you, Ellis, and, and RB3 in a sec, there's always like the pros and cons, right? Even me, I'm looking back at it just graduating college and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I learned so much, not just in class, but mainly even outside of class, to be honest. Uh, but my thing is like, there's that outweighed with the, the, the con of having to pay your debts for the rest of your life. 
which is slowly what I'm realizing as a, as a graduate is uh, you're going to be buried in debt forever. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, you learn so much. So I, I don't know how you feel about that whole aspect and the idea of, of not going to film school. Yeah, I would have loved it. Like that would have definitely been my number one choice if I can, you know, if I had the money in the world, I know some people are fortunate enough to get support from their parents and things like that. And I just didn't have that. So it was something that was a realistic goal for me was just to get a degree, which I got in marketing, <laughs> which is not anything basically that I do right now, though, or that I plan on doing. It's just jobs that I've had since college to make ends meet in L.A. And even for you guys, like the stuff I learned um, and I applied it to social media for first cut and then I started out here. So it worked out for the best, but it's definitely, that wasn't, that's not my end goal. So at the end of the day, I'm still drowned in debt, not having a, a degree in like what I wanted to do. So looking back, it's definitely something that I wish I would have just done in the first place. And, um, I think, I think there's a lot of, for somebody who hasn't gone, so I can't speak on it completely. I think there are a lot of pros, which you guys have talked about, which is like networking, meeting people, even just the thought of, I know there's professors who work in the industry. And okay. so you're learning from people who are hands-on, have so much experience in that field already. And you're learning from people from all the stuff that they've done kind of over the years. So I think it's something that's really interesting and a lot to take into account when you're thinking about something like this. So like, I would say, like, if I could go back in time to myself, like, I'd be like, hey, get serious and just go for it. Because either way, you're going to be drowned in debt. So you might as well get a degree in something that you really love and that you're passionate about. Because like throughout this time, I've learned, I've taught myself about film and I've seen like online stuff about it, but it would have been cool to have that kind of hands-on experience. Yeah, yeah. RB3, yeah. how do you feel about the, the environment of, of a film school? And also, how do you feel about the whole idea of the debt versus <laughs> how much you've learned? And if is it worth it, right? Right. Um, well, I think... I think that's a big worry for a lot of people going into it film is. school. Like, right. you know, am I really going to pay in the case of USC? Am I really going to pay $70,000 a year um, for just to watch movies and, and make movies um, like on paper? That just doesn't sound like good at all. Um, but, you know, it, it, it really is. You know, I think I think the fortunate part about college is that like pretty much after you have a bachelor's degree, you could kind of go into any kind of field because you have like a, a general knowledge of a lot of things. So like, you know, it, so even though film school is like an overwhelming financial burden, it, you know, you still have some credentials to carry you into something. And, you know, we, me and Ella see it all the time. A lot of people who go to film school don't go into film. Like a lot of people go into, um, you know, marketing. A lot of people go into um, law. Like a lot of people go into a lot of different um, areas um, outside of filmmaking because or outside of the film industry because that's just what's available now I am, am very I'm the, of the very rare and very fortunate and very breast, blessed breed of to where like I got a scholarship so I didn't have to I don't have to worry about the debt as much but I know for like like when I was when you know my family wanted me to do engineering and I wanted to do film the agreement for me doing film was okay you can go to film school but we're not paying for it so um, so I literally went and applied for every single scholarship that was out there and until I was able to pay for most of it. And of course, I still have like I have like a little bit of student loan debts, but I was fortunate enough to like not totally be drowned in it. But yeah, I, that that debt is a real concern for a lot of people. And I think it's important. Yeah. Ellis. Yeah, man. Um, a whole lot to unpack there. But I will say that um, I, too, 
was fortunate that I didn't have to pay for my time in film school. I got I got um, a lot of scholarship um, money. Um, one in particular I got was from the Jackie Robinson Foundation. Hey. Um, yeah, yeah. Jackie Robinson. I'm, yeah. I'm forever indebted to him and his wife. Um, yeah. You got Jackie Robinson. I got Bill Gates. You know, it's all okay. the same. Okay. It's all the same. I didn't get that one. So, um, good for you, RB. Um, I'm but, not trying to brag. I'm not trying to brag. That was a flex. He flexed. He flexed. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I I felt like I was fortunate that I got to go to film school. And I, and I definitely think that for a lot of students who don't have those connections, I think film school is a very necessary thing to do. Um, and and I also feel like, to be honest, not all film schools are created equal. Yes. And that's yes. just the, and that's just the truth. Um, there are there are many film schools out there that I, I feel like, to be honest, I'm not going to name any names, but I just feel like there are some film schools out there where you're better off saving your money and going out there and doing the thing yourself. Mm. And mm. I think there are very few film schools, and I think USC is one of them. I think I think they're the best one for a reason where you probably get the most bang for your buck. Where you're not only getting you're not only being able to make films with a bunch of great people, whether it they're in your program or not, but you also get the opportunity to have a bunch of resources that other film schools don't get to have, including job opportunities. And alumni and alumni uh, connections, and that's huge. Like that's huge for uh, going to film schools to be able to get work afterwards. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that there's not there's not a lot of schools that can really uh, tell you, "Yay, well we can help you get an opportunity after school." Um, I just feel like USC is one of those few film schools where you can get opportunities after school. And I think some schools that some schools aren't able to fully provide you with those same opportunities. Yeah, that's such a good point, considering you guys, I mean, are in Los Angeles, right? It's the whole idea of like, we're, right. we're in the hub of film, we're in Hollywood, and we're doing, uh, we're doing film school at the same time. So right. when it comes to what, I mean, RB3 and I have talked about the exclusivity of filmmaking, and mm -hmm. that's why it's usually rich white guys, or just white right. guys in general, is because their parents pay for the cameras and the lights and all that stuff versus in 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 uh, Los Angeles, you have access to more equipment than you probably would if you went to a school in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And the, the, the sad part about it, I'm just uh, jump in real quick. The sad part about it is there are people in film school who do have both the connections and the nepotism and the family stuff and, and, the, money. It, and the money and they're in film school. So they get they kind of there is still like an unfair advantage. Like there's levels to it. Right. Like yeah, right. there's people who come into film school, people who come into film school who are like 10 times ahead. And then there's people like me right. who come from Compton and don't, didn't really have like as much like, you know, experience or connections or anything like that. And right. you kind of have to wing it, you know, to some extent. Yeah. Um, and I know the same 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 goes for Ellis. Some, you know, you're being someone from um, San Jose who, you know, uh, came in, especially for somebody who's a transfer. Right. Like that had to right. be like, tell us about your transition coming into the major. And did you like how do you like uh, allocate to, 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 to the environment? Yeah, man. So I actually I went to the University of San Francisco my freshman year of college and I studied history there. And um, I'm really I'm really blessed to be able to have gone to USF for a year. 
And um, and then I and then I transferred to USC as a history major. At the time, it made the most financial sense for me, and it was just something that I always like really wanted to do. Um, and so I just I just made the leap. I went to USC, and um, and I got there, and I realized that I don't think I was doing whatever it is I was I wanted to do. And I had taken I taken a film class in high school. I taken a film class when I was a freshman in college, and then I took a creative writing class my my sophomore year, first semester at SC. And then I just kind of decided like I had I had a roommate, and he convinced me uh, to apply to the film school. He had transferred in. He actually went to UCLA and transferred to the film school at SC. Um, um, but, uh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. But he was the one who told me, dude, I, you really like film, bro. Go and pursue it. And I was very terrified about the idea of just taking that leap. And I didn't know if I was going to succeed or not. And I felt like when I got there though, like I really felt like I was in my element. Like I felt like I was able to take really dope classes. I was able to learn a lot more than I would have ever, um, learned on my own. And I really got to give a shout out to the cinema and media studies um, program at, at USC because um, I think we'll have an opportunity to talk about it later. But I think I think learning filmmaking is is so crucial in film school. I also think studying filmmaking is is super crucial in film school. That's like where you get professors, you get TAs, you get people talking about social impacts of film, cultural impacts of film films from a historical context like i just think you make better films if you have if you have that kind of context then you know i mean i've seen people in the production program you know i just i just don't feel a lot of their films are well informed oh somebody said it somebody said it man i'm glad somebody said it you know what i mean like yes yes i i, I truly do feel that way like there's no means like you just went out you just went out and did it and i think that's great but honestly, I feel like anybody can go out and do something, right? But but to do something with meaning, I think is way more critical. And um, I remember Kevin Feige came on a, a Q and A recently, and um, he mentioned how although he liked his production classes, he found way more out of his uh, cinema and media studies class that he took at his time at US. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, final thing I want to toss it to you guys about is the idea of, you, I mean, you guys mentioned it pretty much the whole time, but uh, the idea of USC film school in general and what makes it stand out besides the obvious fact of being in Los Angeles. Um, and I'll toss it to you first, RB3, because this was in your notes. So um, talk to me about why uh, USC. Um yeah. Um, again, like I said, well, for me personally, it was the John Singleton connection. I just mm. related a lot to his story. Um, but I think USC is just like an historic film school. They kind of created the archetype of film schools. Honestly, um, the USC film mm -hmm. program was uh, created from actually the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, because they mm. were trying to figure out ways to institute new filmmakers into the industry. Um, so then it became, you know, they they were they're basically training people to become directors back in like the early like in the late 40s early 50s and then um later on as the as transitions continued to happen we started seeing more and more um we started seeing more and more independent filmmakers come out of usc like george lucas um in, in and um you know not specifically speaking to usc but film school in general right like that whole generation of spielberg 
um, Scorsese, Coppola. Coppola, exactly, UCLA. So yeah. there's like a whole wave of people who are coming out of film school and ready to start making cinema. Um, and that's kind of, I think that also boosted the kind of gravitas and the, and the, and the kind of uh, reputation that film school ended up having. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's always been a quintessential part of the film industry. And I think, especially in USC, it being perhaps the closest to Hollywood, frankly, out of any other college, besides maybe UCLA is maybe a little geographically <clears throat> closer. But I think, uh, but USC has always had that like Hollywood connection, always had that LA connection, has always had that um, connection like deeply, deeply rooted, not just in filmmakers, but in producers and editors and um, cinematographers and crew people. There's like the USC DNA kind of sprinkled throughout a lot of the film industry. So I think that's why it's really important. That's why it was really important for me to go there. And I think that's why it's important uh, as it is right now. And, you know, um, USC, they, I'm, I'm sorry, but USC, like they teach you how to do it the right way. And, and I, I really benefited a lot from having friends in the film school because that was how, that's how I learned filmmaking. I didn't, I didn't know how to do it any other way than how my friends from USC were taught how to do it. So I feel like I was never one of those kids who just picked up a camera and just went out and shot something. Like I, I, I learned, I cut my teeth on shot listing, mm. doing lighting mm. and getting an AD and crew calls and all that kind of stuff. And, and set up, I, that's how I, that's how I learned how to do it from the most professional way possible. And that's a true benefit to going to a school like USC. They really, they really teach you how to do it professionally, honestly. Yeah, that's amazing. And obviously, uh, Sabrina and I are like super jealous right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, if you can't tell. Uh, but either way, guys, we're going to go to break real quick. After the break, we're going to be talking about the favorite, our favorite USC grads, as well as the idea of film school as a whole when it comes to the impact of the kind of movies that we see. So make sure you guys stick around. This ain't funny, so don't you dare laugh. With the four fifth divide you in half, you getting at me equals a club half. You do the math, take you out the equation. This ain't funny, so don't you dare. Check out this clip from our first cut live stream from this Wednesday. Enjoy. So, for anyone who doesn't know, we're obviously lined up with uh, Geeks of Color, um, which is uh, Dorian Parks. Uh, amazing site shout out to dorian parks dorian he he appears and reappears every month or so <laughs> um, go for yeah he just goes and then goes away yeah. homie is like a spirit he just like pops in and pops out <laughs> um but we're associated with, with geeks of color and we now have an official website where you can Ooh. find our links to everything we do uh you can find our conversations uh, we have a nice little banner that has our faces on it. Um, so we want to utilize that. We want to uh, hopefully send that to people who don't know who we are. And we can say, hey, we're official. We're not just uh, random people talking through Zoom about movies. We're like <laughs> sort of official. But no, you're, you're random people talking through Zoom about movies with a website. That's what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> That's right. We have a website. Check out our new website on geeksofcolor.co slash first dash cut to check out our reviews our videos and articles that pertain to everything first cut related check it out come along children now we're going to have a little music
What is up, guys? We're back talking about film school with Ellis. Uh, let me do it, man. The big question in the room, the one that you had in your notes, RB3. I'm going to ask it now just because I feel like what a better way to come back from break. Is film school necessary? Is it the way to go if you're going to be a filmmaker? So if I want to be a filmmaker, do I have to go to film school? RB3. Um, now that that's, that's a, that's a tough question. I think there's, there's a lot like of layers to it. I think there is, there are paths for people who don't go to film school to be in the film industry. There are paths for people who go to film school and don't end up being in the industry. Right. Um, I think what right. film school, film school offers, um, the networking opportunities that makes it a lot, that makes the industry a lot more accessible and it offers the resources to make filmmaking more accessible, like at a younger age. Now that being said though, is it ultimately worth the money? Well, from my experience, yes. Like for me, I think I net benefited from going to USC. I think I met enough, not just enough. Like I met a lot of great people. I met a lot of awesome people like Ellis and like my boy Cade and like, um, and everybody who I've, I've met over the years have just been amazing, amazing people who have really helped me along in my journey and my self growth and my, my, my self discovery. Um, so I think on that level, it definitely is, um, worth it. Now, is it, is it necessary? Well, not necessarily because like, there are plenty of examples of people who don't go to film school and still make it. Now, are those examples super, super rare? Of course. Like there is like, you know, there's only one Tarantino, like of every generation who could like bust through that mode. And, um, and you know, for frankly, a lot of times you see other people who, don't go to film school and still end up having careers are people who usually are somebody's cousin or somebody's daughter or somebody's nephew or something like that. Like that's usually who are the type of people who cannot go to film school and can still get a career in the industry. So, but I think if you're somebody like me who had no kind of connections, no kind of resources and needed a place to grow and to learn <clears throat> and to study film, I think it's definitely necessary on that level um, but you know, if you have some sort of industry connections or if you have an abundance of money, or if you have like, you know, if you have your own like personal film library at home that you want to look through and study through, it's not really necessary, but you know, it's definitely, it's definitely highly recommended for sure. What do you think Ellis? Yeah, man. Uh, I think, um, I think for me, film school, um, probably wasn't necessary. I could have figured a lot of stuff out. I've, I, I have figured a lot of stuff out without film school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, I definitely don't feel like, I definitely don't feel like it's necessary, but I, I do feel like it is necessary for a certain group of people. And thing about, I think the best thing I think about film school is just the opportunity to meet like-minded individuals and to also be under a, a, um, a structure where it's just, Hey, yo, we're just out here just making films. Like there's no, there's no, um, the stakes aren't high. The stakes are not high. And I think film school allows you to do that. Like you're, you're in there, you're in class learning about filmmaking. You may get assignments where you get to actually go and do it. You know, the stakes should be very low. You know, you're not out there trying to make the next Oscar winning short film. Yeah. You know, you're just out there just trying to learn and get better. And I think that that was, that's the best thing about film school. And I think some folks need to be in an environment where they just get to go and do it. Um, I know one of my favorite filmmakers, Ryan Coogler, he went to film school for that particular reason because of the fact that he never he's never done it before. And so he needed to go to film school to, to go out and just do it. 
Um, I wouldn't say it's necessary, but um, I think that I think that it, it can it can be a strong help for sure for 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 good people. Yeah, Sabrina, as someone, obviously, we've talked about us not going to film school, but at the same time, wanting to do something in the industry. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, especially as someone who's kind of trying to get their footing uh, in the Hollywood industry of movies? I think it's definitely something that's beneficial if it kind of fits into your particular mold of the path that you want to go into. Um, but I think honestly, number one is just kind of passion and a love for something mm. is just something that kind of really drives you forward. Cause just cause you go to film school and just cause you learn all of that, if you don't put your heart and soul into something, no matter what you're studying, no matter what you're doing, it, how far can you possibly go? True. So I feel like that's a really, really great asset for sure. Um, and obviously Ellis and RV3 are doing absolutely incredible, but for, for my kind of thing, because I've always just been a writer and I've always been writing, um, I never studied anything having to do with writing, but it's something that I do all the time. And I'm pretty, I'm very confident in it. And that's something that I want to continue to do going forward. So for anybody who just can't go to film school or doesn't feel like that's the right path for them, I feel like is whatever it is that you want to do, just put your heart and soul behind it. And I think it can kind of push you forward in that way because I accidentally landed here doing this with you guys. And I absolutely love it. I love it so much. It's the highlight of my week. Like it completely changed my life. And it gives me a whole new perspective talking to every time we have a special guest on or just even talking to you guys every single week, depending on the subject. And I've learned so much being surrounded by you guys and other people kind of in this space um so i'm grateful for all of that and i'm grateful that i have that as well but yeah so I'm, i want to take all of this going forward and just kind of put my passion and drive behind it because i want to go into screenwriting i'm like working on that kind of stuff so nice. yeah so that's really exciting and that's actually something i wanted to say earlier i love the dialogue in your short film um, so uh, that's cool that you actually that you said you wanted to go into the screenwriting program first because that's something that I looked at when I was going when I was going to see if I was going to go into film school was screenwriting like doing that and um, yeah so I think it probably would have been beneficial for me but at the end of the day it really is just how much passion you have for something and that kind of pulls you forward. Yeah, it's so interesting talking to you guys, obviously, because I'm learning and obviously because I want to hear your perspective. But another thing is like, the more I think about my story personally, this is me, right? Like the way I came out here, uh, got a job in a production company. I I literally got the full like ghetto version of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Where it's like, I learned how to be a, a producer because I was put in a production role. Right. Learn how to gaff shoot pull focus move camera dolly shots all that jazz because i was there mm -hmm. uh i learned how to write because i failed a million times and my writing sucked until eventually i got pretty good um and i worked for i worked for people who did it for a living uh and they would tell me like hey do this hey do that the good keep doing this um I, I got the full hands-on experience of what it is to work inside the industry. I worked in television production, which is kind of different. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, wow, I've been an AD for a few commercials, a few short films. 
uh, and I didn't go to film school. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. again, that's production, right? Where it's one of those things where you start to learn, like, what does an AD do? What is the process of it? What is the main goal of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your role with the producer? What's your role with the director? Um, right. And that's what I learned hands on as I failed and kept getting back up. Um, but that's my my experience, right? Where it's like, not everyone has that same experience of working in the industry. And now I can happily say that I still work in the industry, uh, even though right now it's pretty dormant, obviously because of COVID. Um, but yeah, it's wild. My brother and I both have that because my brother did the same thing where he just came out here and started learning on his feet. Um, mm. And now he shoots commercials for a living. Yeah. Um, and he does music videos too, because he came out here for hip hop. Um, and then that's how we got into the whole music video industry and eventually being behind the camera. Well, you know, it's funny too, because we like, of course, like when when you think about film school, you think about like the classes and you think about like, you know, um, whatever, you know, whatever your perception of film school is, but really the the most valuable learning experience you can have is life. Um, and I think, you know, even um, down to the down to the level of like writing and 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 having and being able to write like you have to have something you have to have some sort of life experience to like kind of draw from and something to kind of take inspiration from and that's something that everybody has um so you don't necessarily need to go to film school to find your voice and find your passion and find your story that story is already inside of you um film school just helps you get it get it out and helps you tell that story a little bit with you know maybe some resources and maybe some some people and some crew but you know, you don't need that. Like, that's not the necessary part that, you know, who you are as a filmmaker and as a storyteller will not change based on how many every years you're going to be in film school. You'll learn how to do things technically better and how to execute better and how to be better on set and how to, you know, do all the processes better. But it's not going to help you tell a better story. So no, it's not. It's not. It's not going to teach you how to it's not going to teach you how to, like, find that story. It's not going to it's not going to teach you how to make have a turn a bastard into a great one you know like that's something that you that you either have or you got to work you got to work to build that up um a lot of it does come down to, to personal stuff and uh i would always I, I had um i was an ra on campus and i had some my um some of the, the students who i was um res my residents they were in the film school and i always told them because uh, they saw my short film funky and they really liked it i just said dude Go, go out and live life. Like that's how you, that's how you tell those kind of stories. Like go and live life, have some experiences, have something to say, man. Like you're not going to, you're not going to do it standing, watching a bunch of movies all day long. You're not going to do it talking to your friends about movies all day long. Right. You're not going to do it being on a film set all day long. You're going to do it by living life. And that's how you really get to tell those kind of really cool stories in my opinion, honestly. Yeah. And it goes back to the idea of like, school in general right i mean uh, college in general i guess i should say is the idea of like what do i learn when i'm in school i'm learning what's in the classroom but i'm also learning about um people from different backgrounds you know i i can't tell you i i met this huge uh an asu west um where i went to school because i went to tempe first and then west i i saw this huge muslim community out here like a massive muslim community um and then I learned about that because I've never grown up around Muslims before. So that's I got that experience. And then I got experience from people from different backgrounds all over the world uh, explaining to me their perspective on life and world politics and everything like that. Those are the kind of things that 
I will always cherish and I will always feel like made me a better person and a smarter person because I got to learn not everything is through my point of view and through my narrow lens of how life is. Um, and those are things you learn in college and you can use that to make films, right? Because that's the right. idea of like now from what I've learned through talking to people and through learning in class, I can take this knowledge and, and make something different, unique, interesting. Um, that could show a different perspective. That's always been my thing, right? Where it's like, if I'm doing something, I'm trying to show, like I've told you, RB3, homeboy from Iowa, if you see a Mexican homie do something cool, maybe you're going to think Mexican homies are cool versus mm -hmm. someone picking up the trash uh, or being a thug or thug one or thug two. If I see, you know, if I'm some homie from Iowa and I'm grown up around this giant white community, I'm going to have those same stereotypes keep enforcing into my head. Um, so I've always wanted to break that. And I think film is one of the best ways to teach. Uh, and again, I go back to that Bruce Lee documentary we saw RB3. But mm -hmm. when he says, I wanted to teach uh, people about the Asian way and my Asian culture. And the best way I learned how to do that was through film. And I was like, wow, I've never heard it said like that. But that's literally what he did. Um, yeah, and that's just the power of filmmaking, man. I love it. But I, I want to switch it real quick. But you guys are uh, behind-the-camera filmmakers, which is a different story. Because, again, when you come to L.A., uh, and I think all of us have been in L.A. long enough to know, the first thing that comes up is like, oh, I'm an actor. Oh, I'm an actor. <laughs> right. So it's like I'm so curious about acting because – I, I I've seen like shows about like people who want to be actors and stuff, but what is that? What is the process like if someone wants to be an actor? Do you feel like film school is necessary? Um, either one of you guys can take it. Ooh, Alice. Oh man, um, I I have, I have to say specifically as someone as being on behind the camera where I get to I get to cast folks. I have never I've no one has ever used any cachet of where they went to school that helped them get the that helped them get an acting role. Wow. It's never happened. Like, at the end of the day, like what, what gets them an acting role is their headshot, their reel, and you know, their talent, right? Yeah. And their audition. And it doesn't matter what where they came from. I, I mean, I know I have friends who act in, in our drama in our drama uh school, mm -hmm. um, but that ne that doesn't necessarily like, give them a leg up for me to cast them. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, the only thing that gives you a leg up is if you can, if you can play the part, you know, that's, that's really all it is. I think acting is, 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 is very, I think it's a little bit different. It um, is, right? I really think so. You know, you just yeah. kind of got to put yourself out there and try to get any, continue to audition and continue to go for every single opportunity that, that you can kind of get your hands on, honestly. Yeah. I feel like I, I, before it tells it to you, RB3. I feel like each and every one of us, at one point, I, I'm I'm throwing you under the bus, Ellis, uh, has considered acting or has thought about it for a second. You're like, I could do that, and then you're yep. like, Nah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, you, I'm, I actually I have a role in, in my short film. Oh, yeah, funky, know. funky, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, I, I remember that. In my short film, I, I I still I haven't given up on my acting dreams yet. I haven't given oh, up. Oh, there on you me. go. Um. But uh, only until I find the role that's best for me, where I can uh, flourish and blossom. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, but I feel like I feel like everyone wants to be in, everyone wants to be in front of the camera. You know, it's a, yeah. such a pleasing thing to do, right? It looks like it's cool. Yeah. Right? 
Uh, Sabrina, I'm going to toss it to you. Have you ever considered acting? Oh, gosh. When I was, like, a little kid. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. and then really? I was, like, yeah, when I was really, really young, well, I was in, like, choir and theater and stuff like okay. that up until, like, early, like, sophomore year of high school. But then after that, I was kind of, like, okay, I'm going to be one of those people, like, I'd rather be, like, behind the camera or, like, behind the scenes. So that's kind of how I switched. Like, I went from doing theater to doing, like, film photography and being in, like, video club and, like, film and everything like that in high school. And it was just kind of, like, ever since then, it was it was a no. And I hadn't even been on camera until I started wow. doing this with you guys. And then we did that audition together, you and I. And oh, I remember... Yeah, we did. When when they reached out to me for that audition, I was like, because uh, they're like, oh, headshots, everything. I was like, I don't have that. I was like, this isn't what I. I was like, I didn't Instagram. Yeah, I'm like, you want to you want to see this pic? Um, that was it. It was it was super crazy, and that was the actually that was the first time where I had thought recently. So just a few months ago, because this was back in October, November. Um, I was like, maybe I should take like improv classes. Maybe I should take some type of acting class to get more comfortable back doing that because I think it's something that's kind of a really cool skill to have for like mm -hmm. hosting or anything like that. It's something that's really interesting. But then at the end of the day, with the question you had about acting, I feel like, again, it goes back down to like the passion because I have a, I have a bunch of friends in LA who are actors. You know, we made yeah. a joke about that. Um, a lot of people come out here, yeah, possibly for acting and then maybe find some other passion sure. besides yeah. that one. But for anybody who does want to act, it really goes down to like work, work ethic in mm -hmm. this town, like in LA, from what I know from my friends, like one of my friends, Jeff literally just got of, he got casted in a feature and oh, he's been wow. working Congrats. for so oh. yeah he's great and he's been working for so long to get that and he never stopped his grind never stopped he worked other gigs he's been doing stuff throughout this time he's 27 and he just got his first feature and so it takes time so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like don't give up be passionate he never went to acting school but he did go to acting classes so yeah. that was just something that he's kind of yeah. naturally good at so yeah, yeah. It, it it's so crazy it's so interesting how people can can dive into that. Two of my two of my best friends out here in LA, my roommate actually, uh, who I consider to be one of my best friends, is a really good actor. Uh, my homeboy Leo, who I've wanted to bring on this podcast forever, is a yeah. real good actor. But what makes them different is because when we worked at the production company, we were writers and 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 people who wanted to write, uh, mm. and that's how we got the whole idea of like, well, I'm gonna write something to put myself in it. Uh, was my boy's Leo's uh, idea behind it, but. But yeah, it's one of those things where I have a slightly different background because I have a musical theater background, uh, which I always talk about, but I have to do it, um, which makes me comfortable in front of the stage uh, and in front of people. I'm not shy in that way. No, you're uh, not. But, but that does not give me, I know. You're just like, man, this boy won't shut up. Um, I'm jealous. This, yeah, it does not give me a leg up in front of the camera. I can tell you that. I get way more nervous in front of the camera than in front of like a crowd of like five thousand people. Um, yeah, that's just me though. RB three, yeah. you're an actor. No, I'm way <laughs> since when have I been an actor? I, don't know. Um, I, I I did want to be an actor again. Everybody want, like you uh, said, Ace, I wanted to be an actor when I was a little kid. Um, obviously, I wanted not now. to be a ninja, just like just in martial arts movies. Yeah, no, literally, 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 literally. <laughs> Literally, want to be like Tom Cruise or something, but uh, yeah, I uh, but you know, I actually think the classes. I think classes is better than like a school going to school yeah. for going to school for for uh, for acting. Now that being said, though, there are a lot of uh, great people from my uh, fraternity DKA 
who are who are actors in our fraternity, and that's that's really great for us because we have like a fraternity full of actors and writers and directors and creators. Like it really yeah. gave it a really beautiful like flourishing kind of um, environment for us. So I think that's that was great on that level. But you know, I definitely think classes, improv classes. Like I want to take an improv class. I've been actually yeah, me too. I, yeah. very recently. I've been in, I've been researching like improv classes. I think that would just be. I think just for not even trying to be an actor, just for fun, like just, just for, for fun, yeah, having fun and, and and being part of the creative process in other ways. And like I think for me, for me personally, when I was in high school, like I went to I told you guys I went to California Academy of Math and Science High School. Very uh, math science artsy, engineering. artsy, yeah, 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 <laughs> very artsy indeed. Uh, where we literally. <laughs> Only had like three art classes: art, drama, and dance. Um, oh, which wow. I was an active participant mm-hmm. in all three. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But um, but I did drama for like all four years of high school, and I feel like that helped me, at least at some level, get a better understanding of how to communicate with actors, how to like talk yeah. to actors, how to like block out scenes. You know what I mean? So I think that you know, just having just some sort of, you know, acting background as a filmmaker and as a director is extremely helpful too. It so is. I'd even encourage film, young filmmakers out there who who want to be filmmakers just maybe maybe you know stick your head into an acting program or or a class or you know uh, uh or, or maybe a theater group or an improv group and you just have just have as much fun as as uh, as they're having and you you might have fun on your movies too. I, yeah. I I have that I have that same sentiment. Like that's something that I I want to do. Maybe we should take the same uh, improv class RB yeah you gonna be there all of us all of us all, all right we're all, yeah. we're all we're all doing it together yeah. but i i think for me at least i it's so important to know about acting even though i'm not an actor myself i watch a bunch of actors videos about they talk about their crap talk about their technique they talk about what it means to perform under the camera talking listening to a director collaborating I think all of those types of videos and that type of information, talking with actors is super important um, to have that knowledge because part of your job as a filmmaker is to have that um, collaboration with, with actors. So it helps to just go out and do it, honestly. Like I, I like this is me saying I'm still trying to take an acting class and I'm, I want to learn more about the craft of acting and, and to be able to, to talk with actors and work with actors, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I, th- I definitely think it's worth it. It, it. It's always tough, right? Because they're not cheap. Uh, yeah. As someone who's done acting classes uh, with my boy, uh, I give him another shout out, Leo and Brent. I went to an acting class, their acting class. Um, they they invited me to that free set. I was like, if it's free, Ooh. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely something that is not cheap, which is another conversation within itself. But I want to gear the conversation uh, at least towards the end of this episode towards the legacy of filmmaking and specifically USC film school. And I know this was something that you had in your notes, RB3. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking about the elevation of film students coming out of film school and making new different independent style movies specifically from USC RB3. Right. No, I, I, uh, I think that's always been kind of a landmark of what USC has always represented or just film school represented in general. Like I said, like it was originally founded as like, you know, USC film program was originally founded by the Academy to recruit young talent. And that's what eventually ended up doing. Um, but you know, it, like when we and we talked uh, we talk about film history like all the time on this podcast like in the 50s and the 60s we kind of saw the end of the golden age of Hollywood and the beginning of like this kind of renaissance 
And a lot of that was carried out through uh, film school graduates, what they call like the film school brats or whatever. Um, You know, like I mentioned, the first half, Lucas, Spielberg. And I reference those two because they have the two biggest buildings at the USC (laughs) film program. (laughs) If you literally go to USC, there's one ginormous mansion looking, castle looking building that says the Spielberg building and another uh, castle that says Lucas building. (laughs) So (laughs) those are always just my two, you know, go to for film school. Um, but of course, like, you know, um, Coppola, um, De Pom- Brian De Palma, um, you know, uh, like we said, Martin Scorsese, all coming out of different film schools from different places and telling these like really involved, very personal, very kind of intimate and gritty and unique, independently driven um, film um, films that um, frankly took Hollywood by storm. Um, and then in the 70s, when all these people became super successful, like with Jaws, with... Um, you know, Taxi Driver, um, with De Palma having Carrie, um, you know, Coppola having The Godfather. Like, literally, they had, there was, like, a moment in the 70s where all of these super cool and weird independent filmmakers ended up having, like, blockbusters level of success, which totally changed the name of the game to where, you know, Spielberg became his own brand. Lucas became Star Wars. Um, Coppola is, you know, his whole, he has literally a family of, of people behind him. Um, so it, you know, and then it, it just builds that repertoire for film school going forward, even to the point where I mentioned, like, you know, before, you know, John Singleton, um, another another favorite uh, black filmmaker of mine is Rick Famigua, who did Dope and um, and The Woods, and he also just did a couple episodes in The Mandalorian. Um, another USC uh, Cinema Media Studies graduate as well, um, and yeah, I mean, the list goes on. John Chu from USC, most recently too, Step Up 3D. Um, I know me and Sabrina love Step Up oh, 3D. Yeah. Um, and In the Heights and, and Crazy Rich Asians, of course. Ron Howard, USC graduate. Um, oh, so, Ryan yeah. Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Yeah, Coogler. Like, the list of... Uh, Robert of Zemeckis. Zemeckis, yeah. yeah again, who, who also has a giant building at USC, too. Yep. Um, yeah, so there's, like, again, like, there's uh, tons, like, hundreds of, of filmmakers who come out of USC because... There's, it's just been, like I said, embedded in the DNA of Hollywood. So we see a lot of these filmmakers have a lot more opportunities coming out of coming out of USC because of that. Yeah, and it, it's continuing, right? I mean, obviously you guys have mentioned Coogler quite a bit, but I feel like he's kind of the best shining example of what a successful film student can become um, going from, you know, Sundance all the way to Black Panther and the idea of how someone like a Ludwig Goranson, for example, who also mm. does the, the score for The Mandalorian and who won the Oscar for Black Panther, came from that film school style environment uh, of learning from each other and growing with each other. Um, mm. Yeah, where do you think this is going, Ellis? Do you think people are gonna keep coming out of film school with crazy new ideas? Uh, I think it's I think it's, uh, I think it's a loaded question, but I think it's tough to, to say. Um, I think there's a problem with film school right now. And I think okay. the biggest problem is film school was created, as Arby mentioned, for accessibility mm. because there was no other w- there was no other place to do it. So you had you kind of had to go to film school mm-hmm. if you wanted to do something. Nowadays, you know, anyone can you know, you can pay for a, a camera. You can shoot on your iPhone. Yeah. Right. Like it, the, the 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 idea of going to film school is weighing much more on people. Like it's not necessarily like I have to anymore. As we were just talking about, is it even necessary? And I feel like um, film school in general 
um, and and USC, they're the the type of students they're preparing, they're preparing students to go and get a industry related job, right? And 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 at the end of the day, like I feel like at, there was once a time where you could probably go to film school and you and it could start off, it could launch your potential career to become the next big director or whatever. I don't think that's the role of film school anymore. I think yeah. if you want to become a director, if that's what you want to do, you want to become the next big producer, like you you start at the bottom just like anybody else and you kind of got to you kind of got to work the way it don't really matter if you if you went to film school or not. And um and and the truth is like that that's not how people end up getting opportunities like that. You know, Ryan Coogler, he got opportunities because he he was a really exceptional director mm. while he was in uh film school. But Ryan Coogler, he's a he's a, he's exceptional, man. Like he's yeah. he's a different story. Like they just don't really do do things like that anymore. Like the way the way it happened for him, honestly. Oh, what you want, dog? Oh, it's my dog, by the way. <laughs> hey. Hey. Oh, we have uh, we have a guest. This is uh, this is oh, Star. Oh, oh. tiny. Yeah, she's tiny. She's tiny. Yeah, my my oh, dog's gosh. outside this room too. So you'll hear yeah, her a but, few times. But, but what do you think about the RB about like the. Uh, about the the idea of like film school and it's, it's um yeah impact going forward you know no you're you're actually 100 percent right i think that's that's kind of the shifting evolution of what film schools become because if, you, if particularly if you go to usc like they don't encourage you to like be a director they don't encourage you to be like right. a writer or a producer or anything they really encourage you to be like a cinematographer or an editor or um, a sound person or sound a person. production designer. Like they, right. they, they push you towards those fields mainly and, you know, mainly because like that's what can get you like in, in the door, you know? And I think right. you, the USC priority, I think what Ellis is talking about, like is hundred percent true. Like everybody has to start to the, at, at the bottom. I think what USC does is like, they give you the doorway to the bottom. You know what I mean? Right. So, and, 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 and people, and it's up to people and it's up to individuals to take that next step and build up beyond uh, getting, getting past the bottom and getting out of that. And it's tough for some people. Some people don't have it. Some people are comfortable being, um, you know, a, a, a production person, or a lot of times when we see cinema media studies majors, they go on to be like agents or managers, or mm -hmm. um, you know, working at agencies or or, or uh, being or doing script coverage, leading to like you know script jobs and all that kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and people are comfortable with that. And then there's the rare breed of people, like I mentioned before, like the Rick Famiglias, like the Ryan Kuglers, like the Ryan Johnsons, are the people who decide to take that extra step beyond that. And, and take and take and take their films into their own hands. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, I salute somebody like my boy Ellis here because, you know, he really uh, just over, you know, like, I didn't even know you're a transfer dog. I thought you were always there at USC, but like, um, the, like having, having, having the initiative and the drive to just work and, and do your own original stuff and, and do your own original films and your own original content. That is what make, that's what pushes you to the next level It's it's coming from the bottom and working and grinding like everybody else, but it's also taking that extra step and and making those extra leap fours are, are, are the important things. And that's what the notable alumni from USC do. That's what I think the culture at USC is very conducive to. I think even though they push you towards more industry standard jobs, they do also show you and they push you to Hey, if you are, if you have a voice, if you have, uh, if you have a story to tell, tell it, and we'll help you tell it in whatever way you can. Right. And I think that's important. I think that's honestly the most important part to me. Um, so that's why I appreciated my time there. 
Um, and I think, you know, when, 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 when thinking about somebody like a Coogler who, you know, and also too, there's also a different conversation about undergrad versus graduate school, right? Coogler right. went to grad school, Ryan Johnson went to grad school, George Lucas went to grad school. The grad school program is definitely something that's more indicative towards pushing for a bigger part in the, in the industry, um, yeah. you know, as opposed to undergrad. But at the but it's the same thing. It's like there's a lot of people who go to graduate. Kevin Feige, I think, also went to graduate school too. He but there's a lot of people. He went to undergrad. Oh, he went to undergrad. There you go. There you go. But see, there's a lot of people who just are who just go to school and just like, oh, I made it because I finished film school. But no, it's the extra steps beyond that that's important right. too. So yeah, and it's always a conversation. RB three, you and I have this all the time about what where film is going right obviously right. i have some some thoughts as far as what where it's going now with covid and with theater closures and mm. what's going to happen to the theater industry which isn't necessarily the studio industry and streaming for example because streaming seems to be the place where things are popping off now as far as quality as far as smaller movies independent movies mm. um but there is a conversation to be had and i, I kind of want to toss it to you sabrina about this where what, what Ellis was saying about anyone can do it now. You don't have to have the training in the background and the classes and the knowledge. Does that create, and I'm not saying you were saying this, Ellis, I'm just kind of thinking it to myself. Mm -hmm. Does that create like a watering down of quality where people aren't necessarily making the best stuff and that's not necessarily rising to the service? Because I feel like maybe because we're in this, uh, you, me and RB3, Sabrina, are in this kind of like, online criticism where it's not you're not a film critic but you're a film person that talks about film critics like it's this weird thing that we're a part of that a lot of people have been outspoken against because of this whole idea like twitter warriors who can just yeah. say this movie sucks even though it's a great movie does that change the palette of the audience having people not going to film school I think I think it's definitely an interesting thing to kind of look at different examples because something Ellis mentioned was, you know, anyone could shoot on an iPhone. And I, I'm not aware if Sean Baker did uh, go to film school, but I know he shot Tangerine on an Tangerine. iPhone. Yeah. And it's just it's something that's really interesting and it is so accessible to so many people. And I don't think I don't think it's watering down. I definitely think it's it's really cool because then we can have a wider range of voices. I think in the world that we are in today and kind of with streaming and all the different platforms that host different voices and different filmmakers and things like that, it's we're getting a lot more diverse in filmmaking, a lot yes. more diverse in storytelling just in general versus like 40 years ago. And so I don't think it's a watering down in quality so much just because I feel like if it's not good, people just don't really pay attention to it. It's something interesting that I also talked about with Josh Trank because he didn't go to film school, he didn't go to college at all, and he had a viral YouTube clip that mm. led to him getting on like a Spike TV show and then mm. going to make Chronicle. And it's just something like, there's this like weird, unfortunate, like series of, not unfortunate, but series of events that kind of lead to some people finding their path and finding their voice. And so I actually really enjoy what's happening right now, just because of that diversity and kind of all the stories that we're getting, everything we can consume. I really like it. You yeah. know, I, I think, um, I think on that point, I will say that there does become a, 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 an oversaturation of the market just because there's so much more of it, right? Mm. And I think what it does though, is it makes it harder for voices to be heard, like the strongest ones to be heard, right? And I, I feel, I'll take me as an example, where 
um, I, I think I make I make really great work, but at the same time, it's it's hard to get that to get that work out there through the non-traditional ways. Usually, you get noticed by either like getting into a, a prestigious film festival or having a having a manager friend or knowing someone in the industry and being able to like show your work to them. Like those avenues are still there, and and people. People don't necessarily like put in the work unless unless you know you you, you got a YouTube video and it and it just went viral, millions of people saw it, right? It's it still is hard for some people of talent to get noticed. And I think it, it, it I think it's a side effect of of the oversaturation of the market because anybody can do it, right? That also means that it's gonna be harder for people to find those gems, whereas you you had your traditional ways to do it, where you knew, okay, you went to film school. You gonna come out? We gonna we gonna give you an opportunity, or um, or you you got your film in a Sundance, right? Mm-hmm. We know we know you're that you're that you're that uh, you're that guy, or we think you are, right? There still are those superficial ways that that you still kind of feel like you have to go through, regardless of how much opportunity you get. In my, in my in my opinion, yeah, and it also opens up this conversation that I was listening to in another podcast um, called The Big Picture. Shout out to Sean and Amanda who talked about this year, for example, the idea that pretty much every movie this year is going to be video on demand and we're not getting film festivals, which means people, the okay, which means people who are judging what is a good movie aren't doing that anymore because we're not having the Sundance selections and the buzz from TIFF and all this other stuff. And it's just going to be which one is the best movie no hype no you know critically approved no sundance selection it's just the best movie that happens to be video on demand rises to the surface and maybe that's a good thing that we don't have this selection of what is quality and what isn't quality and we can just let the people decide if something like a first cow for example is the best movie of the year or uh, King of Staten Island, or whatever the kind of movie it is, just rises to the top naturally without having that selection process be part of it. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, RB3. No, absolutely. Um, I 100% agree. I think that yeah. is, okay. uh, yeah, I think I think they're, excuse me, I think having, having a more unbiased, a more even playing field for films and for film goers and for film critics does open up a lot of opportunities. Um, I do agree with Ellis. There is like an oversaturation. Like it is, it does make it tough to kind of shine amongst, um, amongst like the crowd right now. Um, But, you know, I think that's where, you know, I think that, I think that's a difficulty that's been in Hollywood for a long time. And I think it's becoming exacerbated. And I think that the, the method I personally think of overcoming that is streaming is um, video on demand is all of these different platforms because it gives choice right and i think right. i think at the end of the day like you know there's that phrase that's the expression in basketball that we you know ball don't lie like ball don't lie and yeah. the best the best films and the best filmmakers and the best voices are always gonna figure out a way to bully up to the top eventually it might not happen immediately you know it might not happen like overnight but i think if somebody is uh, as great of a filmmaker as you know they believe they are and they have as much confidence and they have the talent to back it and they have the resources to back it i think eventually we'll see um a climb happen eventually it just takes time yeah absolutely 
Um, all right. Any closing thoughts, uh, Ellis? Uh, obviously, thank you so much for your time, man. I know we went a little longer than I thought, um, but I appreciate it, man, honestly. Um, well, we had a great any closing thoughts? Um, nah, uh, but uh, shout out to my to my newest short that's coming out. Um, oh, yeah. Little, little, little Drummer Boy. It, uh, it's uh, talking about issues on homelessness and gentrification. Mm. Um, and I'm really excited that we got a fiscal sponsorship from uh, Film Independent. Nice. Uh, so it makes all of our donations tax deductible, such a blessing. So um, anyone wants to learn more about it, follow me on Instagram. You don't gotta follow me, but you can keep the page. <laughs> no. Links in the bio, links in the bio. Links um, links in the bio, the Film Independent is gonna, uh, the Film Independent link's gonna be in the bio. And people can donate to your film as well, like through Film Independent, right? So Right, you, you absolutely can get that tax write off too. Um, but it, but overall though I'm 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 just happy to be here, man. It was great uh, chatting up with y'all. Um, hopefully, you know I'll be able to talk to y'all. Plenty of opportunities offline. Mm. Um, but it's been great. Thank you for having me. Honestly. Yeah, man. And speaking of social media, where can everyone find you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm on Instagram right now. Um, Jamal underscore Sutton. Uh, Jamal okay. is my middle name. So um, I just thought it was really cool. I've had that name since like. Uh, 2012 so um jamal underscore sutton uh you that's where you can find me on instagram uh you can also add me on linkedin i know that's what people do at usc yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the most that's the most usc thing i've heard right? <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn. Um, and, and facebook facebook as well and um and more on my and um my my uh my production company all of a sudden productions.com Mm. It's uh, where you can see all of the stuff that I've made, uh, my music videos, my short films, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah man, that's good shit, bro. Honestly, thank yeah. you for coming yeah. on. Yeah, we appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. Honestly, yeah. I really appreciate it a lot. Yeah, there's there's a, there's some questions then I didn't get to ask. I was gonna ask if Steve, how did how did Stevie Wonder give you approval for the for Funky to, to use that song at the end? Um, <laughs> yeah. Called up Stevie. You're like, y'all, Stevie. Yeah, I gotta well, tell I, you, man. I did get the rights cleared. That was a very difficult process. Um, it was bet. super hard. I got it cleared. I actually didn't pay him for it. Um, hey. but I was just, I was actually just proud that I, that I went through the actual process of trying to get a song cleared. Cause the song is, I don't know if y'all haven't seen the film yet. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta see the film first. Yeah. I can't spoil the song. Oh, um, where can you find it? Uh, you can find it on all of a sudden production.com. Hey. Go under projects and it's, it's right there on funky. You can hit the watch button. You can go Perfect. check it out online for sure. Yeah, so it's a lovely film. That amazing music video you directed too that I was also there for. Yeah, you were. Oh, trust you, man. Man, yeah. shout out to Yo Yo Nosa. She's such a great artist, and she gave she gave me an opportunity as well um, to make my first ever music video. And um, the only way I knew how to do it was through what my friends taught me in the film school, and that was actually the first thing I made getting into film school. And she she was like, Ellis, like you're so professional. Like I I was in Vegas. And they don't even do it like this. I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. How else, I, that's what I meant. Like, I didn't know how else to do it. You know, I didn't know there was another way. Mm -hmm. So, um, so shout out to her for giving me an opportunity to, to make really great stuff. Honestly, I just, that's, I'm just, I'm just fortunate. It's really that's fortunate. cool, man. Honestly, super cool. Uh, Sabrina, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sabrina X Monica, and then also on Twitter at Sabrina on Film, along with my Patreon, Sabrina on Film. 
Yeah, and you got a, a stream coming up, right? Yep, this Friday is my first stream. I'm hey. I'm super super excited. Yeah, I'm taking after you guys. I'm gonna figure out how to host and do all that kind of stuff, and not Ooh. just be like a co-host. Yeah, uh, okay. 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 Thanks, Sabrina. We'll see. Hey, I support it. RB3, where can everyone find you? Uh, find me Twitter, Instagram at director RB3. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, and I'm at Squad Leader Race, guys. And obviously, follow us at First Cut TMO on Instagram and Twitter as well. That's where you can find videos like these. Support the homies. Hashtag support the homies. Uh, let's get it going, guys. And if you haven't subscribed to First Cut, please do so. That's the best way to show the love is to subscribe. Yeah, and, uh, and throw us a, uh, a comment and a rating on iTunes, ooh. please. That really helps us oh, out. Oh, yeah. It really helps us out with the algorithm and grow. We have about, I think we have like close to 50 or something like that reviews on there right now so if we could push that let's keep pushing that to to, to to higher numbers so we could keep getting uh keep getting the podcast out there and growing for sure absolutely yeah cool. all righty guys for the meaning of podcast i'm andres there's rb3 i'm sabrina and we're peacing out guys peace out